You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on 7.50 a.m. WNDZ. We are an element of Catholic Chicago programming and we are here every fourth Wednesday of the month. I'm joined remotely uh, by Timothy Johnston, the Director of the Office of Worship for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and uh, contributor to liturgy training publications here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, Timothy Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you as well, and, and good morning, everyone. We are uh, streaming also on Facebook and YouTube, and um, we are broadcasting uh, the second week of Easter. Uh, we, we've just celebrated the, uh, uh, the second Sunday, or Divine Mercy. Uh, and um, Timothy, I think this, this line from the opening collect the opening prayer of Easter Sunday sets us well for our show today. Uh, in that opening collect, we pray, O God, who on this day through your only begotten Son have conquered death, conquered death, and unlocked for us the path to eternity, grant, we pray, that we who keep the solemnity of the Lord's resurrection may, through the renewal brought by your Spirit, the renewal brought by your Spirit, rise up in the light of life. This is the the 50-day feast, the week of weeks, the this is this is the season of of renewal and resurrection and new life. Yeah, we've we we spent a lot of time over the last few months uh, kind of emphasizing and and reminding listeners about the renewal of their baptismal promises either at the vigil or on that that Sunday um, on Easter Sunday. So this is perfect that that this renewal brought about by your spirit that's that's the renewal we participate in right in these 50 days and we continue in uh, the the journey of conversion all throughout the season maybe with a little different insight or bent um because of the resurrection joy that we experience we know that redemption um has has come into the world and so we see the world a little bit differently after our Lenten journey, and we've celebrated this, this Easter uh, mystery, and we participate so fully in that Easter mystery um, in, these, in these 50 days. So don't, don't lose stamina quite yet uh, in, in that. <laughs> well, I think you bring up a good point. Um, those of us who study liturgy and teach liturgy and, 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 and minister in service of the church's liturgy, we, we, we actually talk about this time of the year as the 90 days. Maybe talk a little bit about that, because I think that you you just kind of touched on that, right? I mean, the, the, the Lent is in the rearview mirror, but we can't forget that 
the Lenten journey we were on is what brought us to this moment. So it might be in the rearview mirror, but we don't divest ourselves completely because they're right, intimate, right. they're intimately connected, aren't they? Yeah, and I think we we talked about this maybe a show or two ago. You know that that the Lenten season really evolves because um, and grows out of the need for the preparation of the catechumens, which. If you were at the Easter Vigil, you may have have witnessed the baptism of those members of the elect. And, and so there is an intimacy, as we've talked about, right, uh, between the two seasons. And that it, it really helps us within these 90 days to get a sense of the, the depth of the Paschal mystery in our, our life. That there is conversion that is needed in order to experience more fully the resurrection. But in order to get there, we have to journey with Christ in that season of Lent. Um, we experience the the many, many, as in small, deaths that we need to experience in that season as we hopefully grow in our faith. Because when we come to that that hallelujah moment, if you will, at the Easter Vigil or on Easter Sunday morning, if, if that's when, when you attended, in my mind, all of that sort of blossoms open. And it's that pinnacle. I mean, it is the pinnacle moment. I don't want to say it's not. You know, that that vigil is, is the pinnacle. So we, we build up to that high point, right? And all that conversion, all the prayer, the fasting, the almsgiving sort of blossoms, and we come to understand oh, wow. a little bit more this year, and hopefully a little bit more next year, of all that we've experienced, right? And oh my gosh, like this is what this journey was about, or here's here's the newness in myself that God has made known or helped mold or shape or trying to think there's a, there's Honed, a word uh, fired, uh, Honed, that's yeah, the word, yeah, yeah. Shaped and molded. I mean, that, because that's exactly it. It's that's the 90 days, the 40 days of Lent and the 50 days of Easter, they go yeah. together. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm even holding my, my fingers intertwined in both hands. That's, that's, that's Lent and Easter. It's, it's, it's not Lent then Easter, it's Lent slash Easter, right? It's, it's, it's through, it's through Lent into Easter. Um, and, and, and they are so intimately connected. We'll break this open throughout the show. They are so intimately connected that in one sense, um, the way we celebrate Easter and these 50 days and this great week of weeks, this great feast of Easter for the, the seven weeks, how we celebrate that this Easter is based on how we observed Lent, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's very th- true. Yeah. I, and, and, and like thinking about my own experience, my own life, and, and I bet listeners, you can think about this too. The way I celebrate and experience this journey at 42 is very different than when I was eight or nine, but I still have memories of that. Like I, I shared this before, I think either with you, Todd, or I've shared it on the show. Every Holy Thursday night, um, as far as I can remember until I got out of the house, it's such an important night in my life because I used to sit with my mom in prayer um, while my siblings and my dad would go home. And those are some of my earliest memories. And as an eight-year-old, as a six-year-old, I, I hold on to that as I'm 42 now. Yeah. And that that shapes how I experience not only the Lenten season, the Triduum, but it also in, informs how I enter into the mystery of Easter um, in a different way. So each of us, right, have that experience, uh, you know, whether it's a song that we hear at the liturgy or there's a passage in the scripture that we hear in that Easter uh, uh, liturgy specifically, something connects yeah. or helps us realize that journey we've been on. If we take the time, I should say, to be in the journey, you know, if we're not 
actually on the journey and we're just sort of play acting as we go along, which sometimes we do. Uh, we fake it until we make it kind of a thing um, sometimes, <laughs> right? But but when we step back and we really reflect and, and ponder on that whole experience, it is transformative. Um, and, and there isn't, I think, an enlightening moment or moments within that that Easter uh, liturgy for us. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and so we often talk about it this way. <clears throat> and and again, I think this will come up a number of times during the show today. In, in many ways, Easter is the season of so what, right? So yeah. what that I just spent 40 days d- d- uh, observing Lent in this way. So what that I just so spent? What? Yeah. So what that I just spent 40 days doing prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? So what that I, I spent 40 days preparing to renew my baptism at the Easter vigil or on Easter Sunday morning? Uh, and then even push it further, Timothy, so what? That I have, that I, so what, that I have renewed my baptism this Easter? So what? What's, yeah. what, what difference does it make? What does what it mean? What difference does it make? And, right. and yeah, ultimately, each of us have to ask that question. What difference did this, what do, did the Lenten journey and does this Easter season make in my living out my baptism? Living Here, the now, discipleship. In, in, this, yeah. in this world, at this time, with everything going on in the world, with everything going on in our country, with everything going on in our city, with everything going yeah. on in our families, with everything going on in my own person, so what? So yeah. I, I love, um, even before the show, we made mention of this, and, and we'll break open texts and, and, and readings of the season uh, as we go along, but um, th- this coming Monday, Monday of the third week of Easter, Timothy, listen to this opening collect for the Mass of this coming Monday, uh, the, the Monday of the third week. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that putting off our old self with all its ways, right? That's what we did during Lent. That's, no. what, that's what we tried to do during Lent. We, that's what we, that's what we uh, gave something up for or fasted or prayed or, or gave alms for so that we could put off our old self in all its ways. We may live as Christ did. Now that we have been, now that we have renewed our baptism or for the neophytes, those neophytes meaning the newly baptized, you know, th- that they have, uh, that they now are to live as Christ did. For through mm-hmm. the healing paschal remedies, you have conformed us to his nature. That's what we pray. That's what the church prays. That's what we say we believe. That in, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in baptism for the neophytes, for those, for the, for those who were in the RC, are in the RCIA process, and those of us who renewed our baptism, we have been conformed to Christ's nature. Yeah, I was I was actually talking to someone recently about I, I love this is a great prayer, and I'm glad you brought it up because if you're not at daily mass, you don't you don't, you don't hear, hear this because right. it's a Monday. But it it it's so rich in capturing um, everything in terms of what what we what we do um, at the vigil at, at Easter Sunday and throughout the season, and and I was just talking to somebody recently about at the vigil, how many people, and, and maybe this is my cynicism coming out, grasp the profundity of what happens in the baptismal font. And this idea of putting off the old self, that when the elect go into that water, just as we did when we were baptized, and then in whatever way that was, the old self is completely wiped away. And all its so ways. That, <laughs> yeah so that we can be conformed to Christ. I mean, 
and that that's a really profound thing that I still cannot really wrap my head around because I know I don't live up to that always, right? Um, maybe most of the time, but that's the ideal. Like I want to understand more and more what it means for me to live as a disciple who is conformed as Christ, as oh. do I would imagine our listeners. Yeah, or, or, as, we, or as the prayer says, to live as Christ did. What, yeah, what does yeah. that mean? To, to live as Christ did, to, to now that we have been baptized and now that that baptism has been renewed for us just a week and a couple days ago, how, what does that mean for me to live as Christ did, to, to, to speak the way Christ spoke, to think the way yeah. Christ thought, to treat others the way that Christ treated others, to, to have the same relationship with Abba, with God, the Father, that Christ had, to, to, to live as Christ did in this world, at this moment, here and now. And yeah, in this place, it just made me think of um, uh, the ritually, you know, if your parish is a parish that every Sunday during the Easter season uses the, uh, the sprinkling rite in place of the penitential act, that's one of those moments where what we were just sharing, what Todd just shared, like you can bring that back to mind. And it, 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 it's recalling that renewal that we did uh, on that vigil or Easter Sunday morning. And it draws us to think about putting away that putting aside the old self, reminding us that we have a life in Christ and that we are called to live differently in the world, which then, which we'll get into, I'm, I'm sure as we go on, one of the reasons I think that the church chooses Acts of the Apostles for that first reading, especially on the Sundays throughout the season. Why? Because it shows us the life of the early community, right. the early church, um, the way that they gathered for prayer, the way they gathered to break bread, struggles that they had even um what is this what does this mean to follow christ because they're similar even though we may have different um ways that the questions come out in our current time and place they're they're really the same questions how do we live as christ lived how do we carry forth this message um of good news of salvation how do we be christ in the world yeah, yeah. Was that Saint Teresa of Avila? Yeah, you know, I think so. You were right? the, the yeah. hands, the hands, right? The I mean, hands, the feet. Yeah, we, that, exactly. That's how we we. That's how we talk about it with little kids in catechesis, right? That's how we we mm -hmm. say uh, we are the hands of Christ and we are the feet of Christ. Well, what does that mean? It means to live as Christ did, and that's what we are called to. That's the so what. Yeah. Having renewed our baptism uh, uh, at the vigil or on uh, Easter Sunday morning, that's what it means. Yeah, and as you said, uh, and as you said, I think the struggle for all of us, for you, for me, for our listeners, is okay. What does that mean for me this year? We'll pick it up there, yeah. Timothy, when we come back from this first break. We're breaking open the Easter season, the great fifty-day feast. Stay with us for more focus on the liturgy right after these messages.
imagine spending a week on the tranquil grounds of the University of St. Mary of the Lake where you can pray, reflect, and learn from the rich treasures of the Bible. An invitation for all to experience the annual Summer Scripture Conference, June 19th to 24th, might just be for you. Notable scripture scholars from across the United States will present this year's program, focusing on interpreting scripture in the church. The five presenters will share on a variety of topics, including interpreting scripture and the Vatican II documents, different Christian denominations and how they differ in perspectives on scripture, the Bible and politics in America today, what scripture says about children, how to use scripture in prayer, and interpreting scripture for the life and mission of the church. For registration and conference package information, visit our website at www.usml.edu slash summerscripture or call 847-837-4575. This year's conference will be both in person and virtual. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, <clears throat> an element of Catholic Chicago here on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. I am Todd Williamson. And I'm Timothy Johnston. And we are breaking open the 50-day feast of Easter. We're only in the second week, Timothy. We've got seven weeks of it. Um, we'll touch into that length a little later. But only, I mean, the... the <laughs> The, the oil is still wet on the on, on the f uh, heads of the neophytes and the the water hasn't completely dried yet from their baptism and the the, the you know the hallelujahs are still hanging in the air from uh, holy Saturday night or Easter Sunday morning and the f smell of the flowers and the lilies are still it's only just begun um <laughs> this this great feast and um w where we ended right before this that last first break um I think is really significant um and and you and I were texting during the break <laughs> making some connections uh, I we've said it before 
we as Catholics are ritualistic people. Every Sunday, every time we gather for the liturgy, the liturgical year, the unfolding of the seasons, it's all ritual. And there is an inherent danger to ritual. And that is that if we're not careful, we can let the ritual become routine. And sometimes we, I think, I think I'll speak for myself. Sometimes that's how I approach and experience Easter. Oh, it's the same old thing. And I just go through the motions and I let it become routine. And we can't do that if we believe what we say we believe. And we noted that in that prayer for the Monday of the third week of Easter, this coming Monday, mm-hmm. that in the, our baptism, we have been conformed to Christ. And the renewal of that baptism just a week and a half ago calls me to live as Christ did. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for each of our listeners? And that whole question of what does that mean, that even historically, that's at the heart of the Easter season, isn't it? We call yeah, it, I mean, we call it mystagogy. <laughs> yeah, that's I was just going to go there with you. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the process or the, the time that we're in. And, and you might have heard that word in, in the past, you know, associated primarily with those that who, who go through the RCI process with the neophytes and whatnot. But really, mystagogy is for all the baptized, and we're sort of in it our whole life. Yes. Now there's a formal, <laughs> formal period, right. That, that the church sets aside during Easter for the neophytes, but we are part of that. If we look at the RCI ritual text, it talks about the neophytes being with the baptized. Um, that's not the exact language, but the neophytes and the whole community is the language the whole that community. it uses at Sunday mass, continuing to, to meditate on the mysteries uh, that were celebrated. There, there are four things and I, my brain just sort of missed them. You probably know them off the top of your head, Todd. The works but, of mercy, but, meditating on the gospel, sharing in the Eucharist. Yeah, that that's what we're doing, uh, you know, in this period is, not, and it's not just to be doing these things. As Todd was getting at, it's the breaking open of the mysteries that we've celebrated. And that's what mystagogy means. That's what, yeah, that's what the Greek, the mystery. that's what the Greek actually means, right? <clears throat> Maybe just, just for the listeners real quick who might be unfamiliar. So we're talking about the RCIA, the rite of Christian initiation of adults. That's the process in your parish of the adults and the children of catechetical age who have been walking, who've been journeying uh, with your parish uh, and in your parish and had, they've been preparing for baptism, full initiation, baptism, confirmation in the Eucharist. That happened at Easter, at the Easter Vigil, and now the Easter season is the final formal period for those who have been in this journey of conversion in your parishes, and and it coincides with the Easter season, and this fourth final period for the, the RCIA candidates is called mystagogy and mystagogy and that's the greek word and it literally means that timothy as you just said to unpack the mysteries or to uncover the secrets and 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 the secret or the mystery is that having died in the font and having for me as 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 one who is already baptized having renewed that baptism a week and a half ago the mystery is that i am now in image of christ I am now conformed to Christ, and I am now to live as he did. And then this breaking open, like you just said, 
you know, another another term for this period, mystagogy, in the right in the in the document of the church is or post baptismal formation. Post. Is there any one of us listening (laughs) who is not in post baptismal (laughs) formation? You said it yourself. In in many ways, Easter is lifelong. It's a lifelong journey of unpacking what does it mean to for me to live as Christ did, having renewed my baptism this Easter. But Todd, I already had my confirmation. I graduated. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. As my grand, as my grandmother used to say, a roast is done. You are not. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's right. Yeah, I mean, this is what's what's so profound, and I think you said that in such a great way. Is that lifelong like we're we're breaking open what does it mean going back to that collect to live as christ did and the good thing about our tradition is as you noted even earlier todd that because we are so ritual in in the ways that we do everything i mean everything is ritual right for us that each of each time we participate in the celebration of baptism or we receive the body and the blood of christ into our, our our being each of those moments, those encounters, the signs and the symbols that we use, the prayer texts that we hear, the experience of being in the midst of the community, all help us in the narrative of breaking that mystery open for us to draw us back in. Well, what does my baptism mean? What does it mean to take the blood of Christ? What does that not, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot that that reveals to us week after week, year after year. But we have to step aside and, and ponder that mystery right. and look at also how it's acting in the world. And I, I don't know if I've shared this before, but when, when I was at Marquette University working, and maybe I did share this before because it's so quirky. Um, but I, quirky, one of my not last you. Years, exactly. Um, exactly. In one of my last years there, we held a liturgical wine tasting. And, and I wanted to do this for the, the, the seniors who were of age because we needed, a new, we needed to pick new sacramental wine for the chapel. So I ordered a variety of, of a Christian Brothers wine or whatever, and we did a wine tasting. And the reason I bring this up is because what, what we did there was a mystagogical experience, even though we were having fun, was we talked about where wine shows up in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We talked about what Jesus does um, at the wedding at Cana, for example, what what has historically wine uh, meant, not only in scripture, but in social circles? What does this mean then in our Eucharistic celebration? What does this mean then when you go and you feed the hungry um, around Marquez campus with, with a program called Midnight Run? What does it mean that you have taken in the body and the blood of Christ? That was what we did at our liturgical wine tasting. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. We had fun, but it was a way of that post-baptismal formation, that post-baptismal, let's break this open a little bit more in in the experience and the context of your work here on this campus and your experience of the liturgy itself. And and you made note of this earlier, but everything in the Easter season and everything in our Easter liturgies help us to break open the so what of Easter, right? Yeah. All of, the, all of the, the scriptures that we hear during the Easter season, the prayers that we pray, we just had some good examples, they help to break open what does it mean now that I have renewed my baptism this year. Um, yeah. the, the Acts of the Apostles, that's a, that's a, 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 was a great reference earlier. Um, what does it mean? Well, it means to, it means to live in common. 
in, in community. That's what it means, uh, having renewed uh, our baptism in the Catholic Church. We are a communal people. It means, to, it means to, to feed the hungry. It means to clothe the naked. It means to visit the prisoner. It means, it, it means to care that there is a war halfway around the world. Um, it, means, it means to have that, let that affect you. <laughs> let it have that's an a, effect on you. That's a great way to say that, is, and I like that, because I can be, and just using that example, I can be aware that there's a war, right? But what you just said, I think, is the, the next step, the profound step for the disciple, is there is an impact to us, and we have to allow it to affect us, not just the awareness of something, right? But that because it can be something off in the distance and I can know that it's there, but what, what am I doing? Maybe I, I'm obviously not there fighting, but what, what changes in my life, what changes in the local community in, in the ways that I participate and act, treat other people, what does my prayer life look like? There's, there is a direct impact, even if we don't think about it. So it, I love that you said that it has to affect us. It has in some to way. have, yeah. And so, and and so should the homeless in my neighborhood have an effect on me. And so should yeah. all of that, all of that. Timothy, this is this is what mystagogy is. This is what the so what of Easter is all about. Well, let's pick it up there when we come back from this break. Stay, 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 stay with us. We'll be back with more focus on the liturgy right after this. are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit, and now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass.
The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy, the second half. If you are just joining us, I am Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Timothy Johnston uh, in the Office of Worship in the Archdiocese of Washington. And we are breaking open the great 50-day feast of Easter. Uh, We've just begun it a week and a half ago. We're just in the second week of Easter. Um, And, uh, Timothy, everything that we've been talking about that whole first half of the show of of what what really is at the heart of this season, breaking open the mysteries, meditating on the mysteries, living these 50 days in with the the question of so what, so what that I've just renewed my baptism. Um, We said earlier, all of the all of the elements of the liturgy during the Easter season do point us to this. And we talked about the, the uh, how that's reflected in some of the texts that we hear at Mass throughout this season, uh, the, the scriptures that we hear proclaimed throughout this season. But there are other aspects, other elements of the Easter liturgy that also kind of highlight that for us, right? You made mention of something earlier in that first half of the show, the sprinkling rite. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope that every single parish uh, in in this archdiocese and in your archdiocese, I hope they do open every begin every Easter Mass on Sunday, every Sunday of Easter with the sprinkling rite, um, replacing the penitential act. It 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 is the quintessential ritual moment at every Sunday Mass during the Easter season to tie us back to that renewal of baptism that we received that we that that we received at at the Easter Vigil. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, a pretty, uh, well, maybe I'll say it this way. I think it's an easy way for that that reminder to happen ritually. I mean, right. It's, it's a, right. You know, we, we sing, you know, a song of sprinkling that reminds us of that baptism. Um, I've had springs of water, bless the Lord. I've had that in my head um, a lot <laughs> um, lately. And uh, yeah, just simply uh, at at the Easter Vigil this year, Cardinal Gregory, of course, here in Washington, celebrated the the vigil at the cathedral. And uh, as he was going around the sanctuary, you could just see the smile on his face as he was, you know, using using his his brush uh, to to make sure that we got wet. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't perfunctory. It wasn't. 
Right. It wasn't perfunctory and not as a joke. It was, there was, you know, joy in the fact of remembering we just baptized, you know, these 11 folks and now we renew that promise. And now you, you too will be sprinkled. And every Sunday then that we do that and any Sunday that we do that, whether it's during Easter or not, it draws us back to that moment of renewal of our baptismal promises. And and long about, like I said, if we're not careful, we can let the ritual become routine. Long about the right. sixth or the seventh Sunday of Easter, <laughs> right? We might get a little tired of it, uh, but uh, we, we, we might start to laugh at the people who flinch when the water hits them <laughs> and, or giggle when they seize because, you know, they were surprised by it. But, but the, but what it's, but really even the sixth Sunday and the seventh Sunday of Easter, that should be a profound moment for all of us that 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 in in that being sprinkled that we 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 touch back into the renewal of our baptism that happened uh at the easter vigil or on easter sunday morning yeah yeah it it is a good uh, profound experience um so if you're not doing it ask your pastor hey can we do this <laughs> And, and, and other, other elements of, of the, the, the Easter liturgy that, that certainly remind us of the, the renewal and the, and the, the resurrection and the new life that, uh, right? And ca- the new self and casting off is, we, 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 ha- we see that in the Paschal candle. We see that in the Easter flowers. We hear that in, in the Easter music. Um, we got to talk about the Paschal candle. I, I mean, that is such a, we have been remade in baptism in the image of Christ or as that prayer for this coming Monday says, conformed to his nature. Um, Mm -hmm. And his nature is to be light in the darkness. That's the Paschal candle, to be the light of the world. To 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 be the 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 light that that shines in the darkness, and you gotta admit there's plenty of darkness in in the world today, and in Chicago, and in Washington, and in our communities, and sometimes even in our families. And we, as baptized members of the body of Christ, are to be light in that darkness, no matter what it is. Well, if we think, if you, if you think back, this is greatly tied into the mystagogy conversation, because if you were at the Easter vigil, you would have heard after the, the Paschal candle was processed in, we sing three different times, you know, um, Christ the light, or some variation of that. Um, but after that is is the exultet, right? Yeah. Um, the, great, where, the great Easter hymn, the exultet. The great Easter hymn. And we hear about the night shall be bright as day. We hear about um, the pillar of fire that led, um, I'm trying to find the text exactly here, <laughs> but we hear that imagery of the light leading in darkness, the light breaking um, or sh- uh, shattering the darkness in some way. And yeah, that's what we do as disciples. We are, even in our lowest moments, our, our responsibility as baptized people are to be the light of Christ in the world. And this is why at the baptismal rite, we each get a candle that is lit from that uh, Paschal candle, right? Because it is a symbol that that light lives within us, that that light needs to radiate. And I think that's even something that the prayer says. Yes, radiate. Yes. Be this light yes. or live, live this out. Um, so it is It is uh, uh, not only a marvelous thing to watch at the Easter Vigil when that candle comes in and everyone's individual candles are lit, but it that's a, in mystagogy to re- recall and to think about my baptismal candle 
the light of Christ I was given when I came from that font. Yeah. The um, light of Christ my... I am to be having come from yeah. that font. And and to break that open. And what does that mean? Yeah. In, in, in your, in the darkness of your family, in the darkness of a parish community, you know, I know in Chicago and Todd, I don't want to put you on the spot, but with renew my church, right. There's, there's, there's a lot of feelings around that. Some of them are very joy filled. Some of them are, very are really struggling and painful. So how do we be the light in the midst of that? And that's true in so many aspects um, of, of our life. Um, and I can only imagine like within the Ukrainian community in, in, in Chicago, what does it mean for the church of Chicago to be the light of Christ um, uh, for the community that is present, whether they're, yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so many ways and places that, that we can continue to carry that candle. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and to, yep, exactly. I mean, and even our hymnody speaks of this, right? <laughs> uh, we were, we were texting during the break. I, I asked Timothy, I said, what's your favorite Easter hymn? And he said, Jesus Christ is risen today. And I, I immediately texted back mine too, <laughs> right? It's it, but, but that is it. That, and that's why, that's why, you know, even the title of the show today, the 50 day feast, it's every day of those 50 days we sing Jesus Christ is risen today, today, not yeah. not 2000 years ago. Jesus Christ is risen today. Alleluia. Alleluia. Yeah. that Yeah. I mean, I think we forget that, especially as the weeks go on. But and, and even even so during that octave, every day of the octave that we we, came we just from, finished right, right is celebrated as Easter Sunday. That's how important this this uh feast, the solemnity, this, this event in human history was and continues to be, um, right? This isn't just something that happened all these, you know, centuries ago, right? These It continually happens. It happens can, every time we enter into the liturgy, we yeah. touch into that, that resurrected Christ living in glory, uh, seated at the right hand of the father. We, that, that's who we are to imitate. That's who we are to be because we have been baptized in his image. I just was looking in the hymnal and, and turned to the strife is o'er, and I don't know what your feelings are about that song. I, I like it. It's decent enough for me. But there's there's two lines. Uh, the first verse, the strife is over, the battle done. Now is the victory's triumph won. And again, this is kind of thinking about that that. Uh, tension between light and darkness, evil and good—you know, whatever—that um, that Christ we hear in the in the exalted has won, has triumphed. His death breaks the chains of sin and death. And that's forever. what we sing. That's what we sing in the exalted on this night, right? Yeah. On this like, night, death has been shattered. Death has been overcome. Yeah. And that, that's where the second verse picks up. I mean, that, oh, I love this. Well, there, maybe I'll share two more things. So death's second verse is death's mightiest powers have done their worst. So that they can no longer do any worse than they've already done because Christ has triumphed. And Jesus has his foes dispersed. I love that. And then the third verse, which is one of my favorite images in the song, is Jesus, or he, closed the yawning gates of hell. Oh, my. The bars from heaven... Yeah, the bars from heaven's high portals fell. Oh my. He has opened the gates of heaven for us. 
that's what that descent into hell on Holy Saturday that we commemorate, we celebrate uh, that. So I, I just like those images. But yeah, there's so many beautiful songs like, yeah, Jesus Christ is risen today, our triumphant holy day. Um, there's something even within the music itself that reminds us physically as we're singing that um, and, and the, the tonality of that, the triumph that that has been one for us and that's the right way to say yeah yeah and and the triumph in which we are to live we have one more break and we will be back after that to continue breaking open the great 50-day feast of easter so stay with us Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarian fund or call 312-534-7959. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7525. 
312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy. Those of you on YouTube or Facebook, you just saw a shot of Brian and Michael in the control room who have been helping us out during this whole show. We're at our last segment of our show this month, and we're breaking open the 50 days of Easter, the great 50-day feast. Uh, Timothy, a couple of things to touch on in this last part. The, um, uh, the, the, the Liturgy of the Word uh, uh, for the Sundays of Easter is very distinct, and in particular, even this year, uh, we're in year C of the three-year cycle of readings, uh, and it's 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 very particular, isn't it? Yeah, it is very particular. One of the things that that we noted, even we were talking about before the show, is that the second reading in this particular cycle is all from Revelation. For every and week, the gospel I think is all from all, all, all from, from John. John. And so we get a, a kind of a different take than what we might hear in years A and, and B, which in some ways is maybe a little more practical or tangible. I don't know if that's the best way to say that because Revelation, which I love, I mean, I think these are, are, are great readings, but Revelation and the Gospel of John, of course, sometimes are a little uh, mysterious to dive into or heady. <laughs> that's a good way. Yeah, Maybe um, a little to heady. Dive, <laughs> to dive that's, into, yeah, That's why John sure. is pictured as the eagle. That's why John is, is, is right. his image is the eagle. It's his Gospel and Revelation soar high above. They're, they're very lofty thoughts right <laughs> that's right it is my favorite gospel i have to say john but, yeah 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 <laughs> yes. yeah but it, I, I, yeah so it is it is structured um uh, like we said uh during the easter season the first reading which is normally from the old testament throughout the rest of the year in the Easter season is always from the acts of the apostles and that and mm-hmm. you, you made the point earlier it makes great sense right because now that the, the acts of the apostles is the history of the early baptized community, right? This is how they lived after their baptism. Gives great direction for us. How are we to live now that that baptism has been renewed in us? Uh, And then, uh, as you noted, every Sunday, the second reading will come from Revelation and the gospel will come from John. But even before the show, uh, Timothy, you and I were talking and you did make a great connection with Revelation. I mean, so in the in the sections we hear during the Sundays of Easter, Revelation talks about the triumph of, it's exactly where we ended right before this last break, right? Revelation talks about the triumph of good, the triumph of Christ, the triumph of the light. The, 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 he, he has broken down death. He has destroyed death. And, and he has just, I, I think it's the third or the fourth, fourth, no, fourth or the fifth Sunday in the gospel, uh, you, you hear, or, or in Revelation, you hear, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more mourning, there will be no more violence, there will be no more war on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. And to us, in this world, at this moment, this year, with war in the world, that 
I think that is is a vitally important message. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's a lot of richness to break open in, in these readings. One of the things, as you were just talking, Todd, that I note, because, uh, yeah, I love that, um, you know, on that uh, fourth Sunday, they will not the hunger fourth, and thirst yeah. anymore, as you were saying, nor will the sun or any heat strike them. But there's, and, and what we're going to hear, or what we heard on the third Sunday is, you know, worthy as the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor, glory, and blessing. A lot of what, what is happening in Revelation is about worship. I mean, it, it's trying to connect us to that heavenly liturgy, that final day, if you will. Um, and, and what the connection for us now is, if we are living as disciples, what does that what does that mean for us as we're living today that should have some impact on us as we reflect on that final day and that sharing at the heavenly banquet um, when we're at the throne of the lamb? Um, it's still a so sense. what question. <laughs> it's still a it's so, still what, a question. so exactly. what question, right? That's, that's exactly. Easter. That's Easter. And then, yeah, exactly. And and that's that's why I love the, the images that come out of this because it, it really is sort of the, the fulfillment of all of, of, of what has happened these past days, right? What we hear in the Emmaus story. Right. I think it's Emmaus. But we get a glimpse of what Revelation talks about every time we gather at the liturgy. Because it's, it's, every it's, liturgy is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. Heavenly yeah, so, yeah, exactly. It's not just something that we do to remember or of just the past. It is in the moment. It's the here and the now. It is a participation and a foretaste of the fullness of that heavenly liturgy. We always say that at every liturgy, we celebrate the liturgy, we participate in the liturgy with one foot in the here and now and one foot in eternity. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's in the liturgy that eternity and now meet. It's in the liturgy that heaven and earth are united. Right. So, so that's how we say that every liturgy is a foretaste of the yeah. heavenly banquet. It's a rehearsal for the heavenly banquet. Um, at every liturgy, we touch into that great heavenly banquet that we hear about in the Revelation. I mean, that's what the Revelation was, right? It wasn't a secret yeah. code. It wasn't about <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> the Revelation, what was revealed to John was the heavenly liturgy. That's what the whole book is about. This is yeah. what this is what eternity will be like. <laughs> this is what we're rehearsing for now. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And we and, and we do that every Easter season. We rehearse for that. It, 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 and to know, because I don't want to lose. It, it is the rehearsal, but it's that both and. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I just want want to make sure that's we, a good point. We yes. hit on that. We it is the rehearsal for, but it's we are also participating in it now. In, and that's hard yes. to grasp for, at least for me it is, I, I, I'll admit. That's a great because distinction. Because that, that tension of the both and, and I remember my freshman year in college, my, my theolo one of my theology professors, that was one of the first things he wrote on the board. You know, we live in the both and, and from that point on, I was confused. Like, how do you live in that tension of the already not yet, the both and, the uh, the fulfillment and, and yet quite not quite yet um, yeah. all of that and so that's the tension we hold as we are trying to live as Christ did in this time in this place with all of the things that we've mentioned in, in terms of the of the world and it, it, the state of the world um, I don't know if that that makes sense but it, it's something we certainly ponder yes and it, and it's something that we touch in throughout the whole of the Easter season I I do I do um, I think it makes great sense that in many, many parishes, I would dare to say the majority of parishes, 
the Easter season is the time for things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, an explosion of infant baptisms. Um, Easter time, it makes perfect sense that Easter time is the time for celebrating confirmation in our parishes or first communions in our parishes, because all of those, I mean, that, that's the sacramental life of Easter. Those are the Easter sacraments, right? Baptism, confirmation, and the, uh, the Eucharist. That's, that's what the neophytes did on Holy Saturday night, the the newly baptized, right? They were baptized. They were immediately uh, confirmed (laughs) with the fullness of the spirit. And they, culminate that in this in partaking in the Eucharist. Well, that continues throughout the Easter season in many parishes. Infant baptisms on Easter on the Sundays of Easter and the celebration of confirmation for our students or for young adults, uh, the, 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 the completion of their of, of their baptism. And then and then that the culmination of all of our initiation is the Eucharist itself and sharing in it and partaking in the body and blood of the Lord. And so it makes great sense that those would kind yeah. of uh, pinpoint that those would uh, kind of punctuate the Sundays of Easter in our parishes. And so for the listeners, make those mm-hmm. connections, make those connections. Yeah. And don't avoid those liturgies if they're happening in your parish because they're longer, like go <laughs> go to them and, and celebrate. Yeah. Don't avoid them because they're longer. Yeah. Those, those they, they touch in and they remind us and they, they are a memorial of our own sacramental death. Uh, and we provide witness to those who are who are celebrating, especially First Communions, as, as those young, impressionable minds. Um, so, yeah, be be present, be a witness at, at these events. Before we wrap up, I just I do want to note, um, you know, Todd has a fantastic book that he wrote with Joe Paprocki called uh, "Great Is the Mystery." It really is a great resource that I think could be something that if you're a catechetical leader or even for your own reflection, maybe it's a good, during this Easter season to break uh, open because it really walks through not only the seasons, not just Easter, it doesn't focus just on Easter, but it's a great kind of tool for mystagogical reflection to help lead you uh, to break open the mystery in a, in a, I think, a really helpful way. And so that's by uh, Liturgy Training Publications uh, publishes that. So we'll plug that for, for them. But it is a great resource. Even in our, in our own archdiocese, Liturgy Training Publications. Maybe, mm-hmm. Timothy, just to wrap up the show, to just encourage our listeners uh, and, and ourselves <laughs> to, to, to keep that question in the forefront of your mind throughout Easter. So what? So what that yeah. you have been conformed to Christ's nature. So what you that so what you are now called to live as as Christ lived. Yeah, that's we, a great a great question. We will still be in the Easter season when we return next month. So until then, God bless everyone. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.